is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Welcome to this week's episode of the Faith Revisited podcast. I have an interview today, my first solo interview by myself, normally I have been by my side, and I'm very excited to introduce you to Kat Holbert. Her and I got to know each other in 2013, and this episode we're going to talk all about camp. Um, she is the camp expert, and I was a lonely counselor, and um, we just really hit it off, so I really am excited for you all to meet her. Um, Kat, welcome to Faith Revisited podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So I said we met in 2013. I I went to church camp growing up and um, like pretty much all junior high, high school. And then two years when I was after college, I joined to be a camp counselor at my home site, which is the Lazy W camp. And Kat was hired on as the site director. And I think you started in 2013 there, correct? I did. And actually, I started as the program director, but swiftly things changed and I became the the interim site director and then the director like within I think it was like seven months of starting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where we met. But you have a very long background of camp ministries. And then now you're the executive director um, in the Desert Southwest Conference. Right. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, so why don't you tell everyone kind of um, your background and you are super passionate about camp and I want to hear all about it. Okay, Molly, I am originally from um, Virginia and got my start in camp and retreat ministry way back in the mid 90s. In 94, I was graduating from high school and my mom said, hey, you should go be a camp counselor. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And I applied at Westview on the James, which is a United Methodist camp in the central Virginia area um, and got the job. And um, immediately, like within the first week of camp, I fell in love. And I remember I was telling folks, we were doing staff training last week, and I was telling folks about this, that at the end of my first week of camp, we were doing a hayride to where we did this big family presentation thing, and I started crying because I was like, I don't want it to be over, (laughs) and all my co's who had grown up going there, because I never did, I never Uh did overnight camp as a as a young person I did day camp a couple of times but they started laughing at at me and they were like we have nine weeks of this (laughs) don't worry (laughs) (laughs) and um so I, I instantly fell in love and then I started um really kind of growing into myself because of my camp experiences I had I'm a PK so long, long life of going to church and being involved in the church setting, but 
um, hadn't, God hadn't become real to me until I got into the, the camp community. And really all of a sudden I started understanding what it is that what it means to be in a Christian community and what it means to, to, to worship with everything we do all the time and to play in a holy way, to laugh Mm -hmm. in a holy way. And it was just really, it was really amazing. And then I had a meeting with the camp director and that was like super scary. Cause yeah, I think that he must've been meeting with everybody for like midsummer reviews or something. I don't know why I was there, Yeah, but I know I went into his office and I saw that he had a degree in parks and recreation management. And I was like, you can like study this. You know, I was getting ready to enter my freshman year at BCU. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I mean, he'd actually gotten his degree from VCU. And I was like, well, that's crazy. And then I thought to myself, <laughs> like such a teenager, I was like, I'm too intellectual for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I fought it for like the next four years. Oh, I switched no. my major six times. I ended up like stopping going because I was like, I really don't know what I want to yeah. do. Um, and then I, I, I was, I had every summer I'd go back to camp every summer. I'd go back to Westview and I knew, I knew that at camp was the place where I was the best person I was out of the whole year. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't go back one summer. I was, I wasn't in school cause I was like farting around. Like, what do I, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course God was calling me that whole time, but I was like, you know, yeah, for the nineties, I was yeah. like, talk to the hand. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that, but it would have aged me too. So, okay, we're good. <laughs> so, um, then I was, I got a job, um, at a pizza restaurant, a gourmet mm-hmm. pizza and sub shop, super nice. good. Um, and I was managing the, that restaurant. But Westview had called me and said that they really needed help for this one particular week of summer where there was like a lot of people taking mm-hmm. vacations. So I went back and worked that week. And this was the week we were, the theme of the summer was, I can't remember, but it was, we were working <laughs> with the scripture about um, the talents and how some of the, some of the characters hid their talent, buried their talents yeah. and they did do any that some of them went and actually made their talents more and like god screamed at me like i know that the story was about like talents or money but god screamed at me and was like you need to be doing what i've gifted you with and not doing it is a sin and i was like okay i went back that week at camp i immediately put on my notice i got back into school and enrolled in parks and recreation management i was like okay fine you, you win we're doing um, it yeah and then everything fell into place i got a job at working at the ymca and after school care mm-hmm. um I, you know got and then got offered a job as a um, youth pastor at a, a really great church in the richmond area mm-hmm. and then after about a year of that got offered the job as the director of retreat ministries at westview on the james so um it was really one of those instances where god put the call on my heart at a very young age yeah. and i I ran. And then finally, when I said, okay, God, here I am, God said, okay, bam, all windows open. Wow. And yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty very directly cool when it happened too. you know, totally. Yeah. And then you spent, you you spent your whole career doing that now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you moved from Virginia to out to California. I did. I spent the, I spent seven years at Lazy W Ranch and I love Lazy mm-hmm. W. And in fact, I've been, I've been here in the desert Southwest for just a little over a year. I got here in February before wow. COVID and literally COVID descended and everything changed. Yeah. So this will be my first season running camp here in the desert Southwest. Um, but I did, I mean, get, going out to California and um, meeting the Lazy W community and opening my eyes to a different style of camp because uh, at Westview, we were more activity driven. We had all the bells and whistles of all of the things. Okay. Um, and we were all a paid staff. Everybody, we had a few volunteers, mm-hmm. um, but at Lazy W Ranch, it was almost all volunteers almost entirely all volunteers and we're at lazy w we were a lot more and still are a lot more like close community driven less activity driven more close community driven and that Mm -hmm. was something that was really amazing there um and continues to be like the that feeling of family i mean and and you know molly right Like, like and i think and westview i think I think every camp everywhere has a little component of this, but what Lazy W does particularly well is be, lives as a place where everyone belongs. Like, like we'll have very unu- the very unusual campers, the yes. ones who are definitely like in school are probably seen as marginal, yeah. marginalized kiddos that are hanging out with the the campers who are definitely probably in the real world really popular mm-hmm. or really but everyone's brought into the fold no everyone all of them yeah and very very minimal bullying like it's amazing at lazy D- like and in fact like when i started out here i was hearing about some bullying issues and i was like <laughs> what like that still exists that in the world this is so funny that because I grew up I only knew Lazy W and that was the place where also in elementary school we'd go on field trips to Lazy W so that was even before I was a camper there um I was at the place so I knew the cabin setup I knew the layout I knew because I'd already gone there for field trips it's it's nice to hear that that what I find so homey about my camp experience is that community that was built. And that's what kept me coming back year after year. And that's when I felt closest to the God, God all the time. Like that's, that's where it hit home for me every single summer. And it's nice to hear that that wasn't just in my head, that that place (laughs) did actually provide that for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And, and it's built on the backs of people like you and people like, Scott Wilmoth. I don't know. Am I allowed yeah. to name yeah. people? Yeah. People like Scott Wilmoth and, and Michelle Corbett and uh-huh. people who did it all as volunteers for a yeah. really long time. And they did an amazing job of building this community where everyone was seen and valued and heard. So when I got there, I got to just continue to cultivate that and grow it. Like I didn't yeah. do it on my own. Um and it was really, it was really amazing. And now I'm here in this new place and I have no idea what it's like. That's right? true. Because you I'm haven't so- had a season, a summer yet. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, and, and you probably remember this too, like being that I've been doing this for a long time that mm-hmm. I en- did end up getting my degree in parks and recreation. Yes. And then uh, <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Not, did it. Not, not super intellectual, but I did it. <laughs> um, Spends enough time in school. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I got, uh, well, I completed my professional uh, certification in camp and retreat ministry through Drew. So that added a nice little bit of uh, intellectual feeding to my soul. Um, But um, when, you know, when I got to Lazy W, like that first year, I just was like, I just want to be a resource and I Mm -hmm. just want to be what the volunteers and the leaders need. And I would have done very similar here, except for Mm -hmm. the fact that I have a lost year. And I was like, wow, I don't. I don't really have the space to wait a whole nother year now. So I know, and I'm nervous about this. I'm just going on record. I'm nervous that I know that I'm doing things different and I've made changes. And I know breaking traditions is hard, especially when you don't know you're breaking traditions. Yeah. But, um, but I'm excited that I get to be with campers. I'm excited that I get to be with volunteers and staff Mm -hmm. who, who love the community and, the the main camp that I oversee is Mingus Mountain. Okay. Um, so it's right at the top of this mountain mm-hmm. called Mingus Mountain, and it's at it's at seventy seven hundred feet. So it's up there. The elevation's yeah. real. Never had to really deal with that before. Um, and it's beautiful. Like it's there's a serenity to it that is unlike anything I experienced at Westview, unlike anything I experienced at Lazy W. It's, it's another way that it showcases that it's its own, that each camp has their own beauty, you know, and I know you're near um, Epworth by the Sea, yes. which I've, I've had the pleasure of being there a couple of times for national gatherings of United Methodist Camp and Retreat Leaders. And that site is stunning because you get the big live oaks with the, mm-hmm. the Spanish moss and it's so beautiful and it's right on the water and get dolphins up and down. I mean, yes. it's just, it's just yeah. amazing, you know, yes. but it's big, it's big. And I think, I think the summer camp at um, Epworth is huge compared to what it is at Lazy W or, mm-hmm. Mingus, or even yeah. Westview, but it so- looks Incredible. Sorry. No, um, so we've talked about a couple different areas where there are camps. Camp is very important to the United Methodist Church, right? Like this is a very strong thing that, I mean, I know my parents' friends grew up going to church camp in the United Methodist Church. So what is it about camp and retreat ministries that is, why is it there? Why does the United Methodist Church believe in it so much? And why has it stood the test of time? Yeah, that's a great question, Molly. I think I could probably talk about this for like a half an hour. <laughs> this question alone. Good. And then, and then any of my United Methodist Camp and Retreat friends would have extra half an hour of things to, yeah. to share. But I tell you that I it starts with the fact that Wesley took preaching outside. Like, I think mm. a, there's a huge component of our... Um, epigenic culture that exists because John Wesley took pastoring outdoors. And because he did that, there's a call as United Methodists to connect with our faith through nature. And camp is where that comes to life just naturally, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I think that that's a big, I think that component is a big piece of why United Methodist camping is so important. Like mm-hmm. our, our founder saw how valuable being outdoors was like, that's where things were at ease for him. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, I think that the particularly why, um, oh gosh, why camp is so important to us as Methodists yeah. beyond that is a little bit of grace and, and the grace that comes of the camp experience and, and how connected we are to grace as United Methodists. And that we, if there's one place in this world that we live into graceful living, it's at camp, you know, mm-hmm. it's where we're going to, we're quick to forgive yep. and we're quick to see the joy in each other. And it's at camp where campers break down maybe some of those barriers that keep them from connecting in their faith in a way that they can't do at church. And it's not yeah. that church can't do that, but it's that there's just something special about dislocating from church or home and relocating at camp in a new spot that makes it possible. In 2019 at Lazy W, we had a really particularly amazing experience where we had a whole had a little group of campers in our senior high camp, but one of them particularly who was like, I'm, I'm here because my parents thought this was a good idea, but I'm an atheist and I want y'all to know. Yeah. And everyone was like, senior high. Yeah. 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 yeah, Yeah. Totally is. So, and, and everybody, everybody had done such a great job of still incorporating and welcoming her like, Hey, it's okay. You still belong. Like, yeah. Our big message is that everyone belongs there right here. Everyone belongs in camp. So even if you feel that way, you still belong with us. Mm -hmm. And nobody pushed her. Nobody was like, well, you're, you know, you're a bad person because of that or anything Mm -hmm. like that. We just kept including her. And then we were in worship and I think it was How He Loves um, that was playing. Yeah, of course, right? (laughs) And she runs up to me at the end of the song and she says, I didn't get it, but now I get it. I... I now I know and I believe in God and I'm so glad I'm here. And like I'm gonna cry thinking, yeah, oh I'm because <laughs> yeah, it was amazing to me because like she had that, yeah, she had that transformor- transformational experience right there, almost right in front of me. Like yeah. she went from before that worship service being like, nah, I'm an atheist, but you you Christians are okay, I guess. Yeah, it's not for me. To, yeah. Right. To then because of that song, because of that moment, because of the people around her, because of what we had offered in the camp community, the Holy Spirit washed over her. Yeah. And and she was changed and forever altered because of that that space and that time. And like that's why camp is important. And yeah. and our our founders at and United Methodist camping across conferences understood that and understood that that happened and happens and will continue to happen. It does every uh, summer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And little ways too, like a camper, little guys might show up and, you know, be scared to be away from home, but by the end yeah. of the week, realize they could do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not just those big Holy Spirit moments. It's those teeny tiny Holy Spirit moments too. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So going off some of that, what do you think some of the best parts about camp are for both being a leader at camp? Because I'm hoping, you know, some of potential listeners may be interested in volunteering their time or their, you know, services or donations or that kind of stuff, or as a camper, sending your kids to camp. What are some of the best parts of that? Well, in my opinion, <laughs> it's all the best part, yeah. right? Even, <laughs> there's even the no painful, not good part. Yeah, 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 yeah there's no not good parts. Even yeah. the painful parts, like the homesick parts or the campers mm-hmm. that are having a hard time adjusting or the staff that are having a hard time uh, doing problem solving with one another or conflict yeah. resolution, even those are good because of what comes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say, I mean, as far as the day-to-day goes like hands down the best part of camp is almost always going to be our campfire experiences you know like and I know that that's kind of a really it might sound trite but it's just so incredible like to hear to hear campers sing together, to watch them all throw their arms around each other, (laughs) to do the camper sway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like even the like elementary campers who do that and you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, they're just really able to drop some of the, the fronting that they do during the day or do at home or at school. And it's the wind down, I think, with that, you know, it's the end of the day, you're kind of reflecting over everything that has happened and what you learned that day, and it's kind of gone over again, and the singing, and it's just a way to, like, really solidify it again in your mind um, with the quiet and the peacefulness and the not distractions of daylight and people goofing off and that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, Yeah. especially when we have a really killer night sky, you know, that just brings it all together. Yeah. Um, I do think that there's also, especially for, well, I was going to say for the younger kids, but I think it's really for everybody that there's a skill building that happens at camp that, that turns into growth. And it's like a growth of all sorts, like self-esteem grows and discipleship grows and leadership grows. And, and I think that, that is so potent and powerful that you yeah. can't discount that. And it, and it happens on all sorts of ways. It happens because campers get brave enough to go lead a prayer um, mm-hmm. or um, a camper learns how to swim at the yeah. pool or a camper um, has an aha moment when we're doing, you know, some Bible study or reflection. And so the best moment as a staff person, whether you're volunteer or paid is when you see a camper have that moment or when you get to help facilitate that. Yeah. Um, probably for campers, they, especially if they're younger, they're going to say that the best moments are the fun moments Yeah. and the, and the moments where they get to really, and they might not be able to articulate this, but to really be themselves without moms or dads around to, to, to make sure that they're being themselves the way that they want them to be themselves. Yeah. And, I, and, and not because parents are doing anything bad. It's just that at camp, there's typically young adults who are responsible for them. So the campers get to kind of try on different types of personalities mm-hmm. and get to maybe lean into who God is actually calling them to be. Um, and yeah. without the pressure of like, oh, but I'm the smart one or I'm the funny one or I'm the athletic one. They just get to 
they get to experience what it's like to just be that person mm-hmm. that that God is actually got that little seed growing in. And I think it's equally as beneficial for the counselors. Um, And so does not everywhere have all volunteer staff or really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, never mind. But I mean, for us, so I came from basically an all volunteer staff and that's how I grew up as a camper and then as a counselor and for us the learning and developing of the materials so there was always a set theme for the week but we got to come up with the day's tasks and you had your day team and you know you put together what was going on that day and um, the lessons and how you're going to tie it in here and what's a creative way you know to get this point across and um it makes you relearn your faith as well. Um, Plus seeing it through the eyes of someone you're teaching, it's just, I think it's equally as beneficial for counselors than it is for campers, right? Yeah, absolutely. um, I tell you that the, even, Lazy W is very particular in the way that it engaged its volunteers in the mm-hmm. cur- the creation or the development of the curriculum, which is one of the the unique pieces of the dubs. Um, <laughs> at Westview, it was all paid staff, and the the curriculum was there. A pastor mm-hmm. took care of it. We just came in and led activities, but you still, we still, grew, our faith still grew because we were still walking campers through what that material was. We were still doing nighttime vespers with them which are like cabin reflections we were still leading them in worship we were still leading them you Mm -hmm. know period so even even if it wasn't quite as um quite as intense (laughs) yeah yeah, as it was at lazy w it was still there and happening and mingus is kind of a blend mingus has more it has the volunteer model but the way it has worked here is that the deans and now we're calling them spiritual directors Hmm. they just they plan it all all of those pieces and then counselor staff show up and they like they learn it for a day for pre-camp and then they hop in so we're, we've we've added some I've added some components of Lazy W here and some components of Westview, um, and so the the counselor interns who are paid who I've been training this last week, they're going to really grow in their leadership. But then there still will be opportunities for the volunteers to engage and grow as well. And you just you just do because there's it's impossible for you to spend a week disconnected from your real life teaching a bunch of young people how to be in christian community and not come away changed you know like that's going to happen yeah Um, and you're part of a lot of like national organization committees and planning groups and you've kind of had your hand in a lot over the years of different groups are there i know this past year's kind of a was a wash i'm sure everyone had it canceled but are there other trends you're seeing are are the same amount of people going to camp or more people? Um, what's kind of the feel about it overall? Yeah, Molly, the the unfortunate truth is that um, COVID really kicked camp and then the knees. Yeah. Um, and before that, we were seeing already a trend of not as many campers going to camp. And I think that that is a reflection on the fact that there's not as many United Methodists yeah. in United Methodist Church. Um, 
And so what's happening is for conferences and camps that have really heavily relied on that United Methodist Church to camp connection in order to populate their their beds and their spaces, um, there's been a decline. And that is that camps are closing because of it. And that's such a major bummer. Um, I'm I'm always sad whenever I hear about a camp closing. But, um, and COVID did too. There was a couple of camps that I knew of that just, they decided to close and I don't know if they'll ever open again. We'll see. Um, I do, I do think that, and you know, I'm not the expert on this and I know you've had other people on that can probably speak to it better than (laughs) me, but I, um, I do believe that what we need to be doing as camps in general is reaching including our United Methodist Church, of course, I wouldn't, I would never want to leave who we are as United Methodists, but really reaching beyond and like, let's get kids involved at camp that maybe aren't involved at a church. Mm -hmm. And then let's explore ways to then connect them back to their local United Methodist Church. So like, because they're, you know, we're in a we're two hours from Phoenix. Phoenix is the fifth largest city in the U S why not? Why don't we serve kids who aren't going to some church somewhere and then help see where they could connect to churches in the Valley. And, and certainly the same thing could happen in in Georgia or all over the country. Yeah. Because these children and youth really need what we have to offer. But if we wait for the churches to be the ones to connect us, then I think that we're making a mistake. We need to go get the kids and then try to connect them back to the churches. I like to, I like to think that this is a Richard Rohr. He's a um, Franciscan uh, father. He, he says that he's on the inside of the outside edge of the church and I kind of feel like camp does the same thing where we're like we're like this parachurch organization where we get to we get to kind of do things in a different way than maybe happens in the church setting we kind of get to be a little ridiculous we get to Mm -hmm. spend this you know six days in a row of intense time with our campers yeah um so we we get to do some things that the church just isn't in a place to um and because we're on the inside of the outside edge we're maybe a little bit more accessible especially for folks who have who have misgivings about the church for whatever reason you know Mm -hmm. like that we are we're a place where people can come to encounter the gospel without it being like hooked to maybe some negative emotions or opinions they have or about in it. the walls of a church that are closed sometimes very closed-minded and mm-hmm. you know also intimidating hymnals and choir robes and not not everyone's used to that or they've been turned off from that so yeah what a great middle ground to come and reintroduce yourself or for the kids to be introduced for the very first time um yep it's a side door. Ben and I talk about that a lot on the podcast. Like how do we open these side doors for people that may not just walk through the front door? So, yep. It's definitely a side door. So then what I'd want to do, Molly, is work with you to be like, well, how do we reach your your community around your area? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we get those kids to my camp? Then how do I connect those kids back to you and Ben at your church? I love that. 
So what do you think for anyone listening or anyone who's going to talk to someone about this because they're going to reminisce about their camp experience? Um, what are things that we can be doing as um, general members of a church or um, are there things, you know, providing resources would be one um, time? What are things that across the country, no matter where you're at, there's usually a church plugged in with your district or a camp plugged in with your district, right? Or, or if there's not, there is a camp that is connected in some way. And yeah. I, of course, being a United Methodist camp leader, I would tell you, look for your United Methodist camp yes. camps that are in the area. And you can do that really easy. You can go to the United Methodist Camp and Retreat Ministries Association. That's okay. UMCRM or UMCRM website. Okay. Um, and you can find out what camps are nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then call those camps, find out, find out what it is that they're offer or look at their websites or, or whatever their online yeah. presence is. Some camps are really, really um, diligent about maintaining an online, you know, Facebook, Instagram, some are not as much because it, it does kind of fly in the face of who we are, but we have to do it. So it's kind yeah. of a weird thing. Um, but, but look, find out who, if you love camp or if you think camp might be something you're into, find out what camps are around you and then connect with them. Any camp director, any camp director anywhere is going to be like, oh, you want to come and volunteer? You want to bring a work crew out and fix buildings or do grass maintenance? But also um, they're going to be looking for volunteers. We're seeing and then this is across the nation. There is an incredible shortage of staff and camps everywhere, not just United Methodist camps, but yeah. camps everywhere this summer. There are very few that have been able to find the staff that they need to serve the campers that they want to serve. So if you have the the time banked and you can take it away, you know, consider volunteering um, and also consider you know, making a, a monetary gift to your camps because a lot of camps got hit really, really hard yeah. last year and um, are looking for ways to maximize their their funding and their resources as much as they can. So if anyone has the capacity to do that, I highly encourage them to. Um, and then to be engaged and get involved. Tell campers, yeah. your friends, your neighbors, anybody who has children between the ages of like seven and 18, like go to camp, have a camp experience, talk about it, even younger if they if your camps have a camps for younger ages. But mm-hmm. um, camps, camps, a lot of times, especially nonprofit camps rely on word of mouth because we just don't have the budget to, yeah. to soak the marketing system with lots of ads and things, but word of mouth is where it's at. And we need folks like you, Molly, who love camp to tell others about camp. So they know that this exists, that this is something that's there for them. I think one of the number one things that probably camp folks here all over the place is like what a hidden gem our camp is. And we're like, Oh, we don't want it to we be hidden. We don't want gem. it to be <laughs> hidden. Yeah. Okay. So everyone listening and everyone that's going to hear this, your charge is to talk about camp with someone. So um, obviously we would love for you to donate your time and resources. I think you should try and find out and I'll put um, the link to the website in our show notes and you'll see it in the description here. So you can go locate your own local camp. 
Um, but talk about camp. Tell someone who has kids around that age or start at least locate where one is in your area if you don't know. Um, and just kind of keep that top of mind and talk about it. Um, this has been such a great conversation. Um, I I love I love the camp experience. I am the number one fan. I think it was the greatest thing that my best memories growing up, my closest to God I was I've ever felt has been in the mountains at Lazy W camp. And to be able to do that as a counselor and my little brother also was a counselor for more years than I was after he he went through the entire system from the very beginning elementary all the way up and um, this has just been such a great experience so I really appreciate you for talking with me about this. Molly, it's been so great and yeah. so good to see you. And I know we only got to work together for a very short amount of time, yes. but I really, I just thought you were the coolest from the oh, video. So you're so I'm sweet. glad you thought of me. Yeah. You're so sweet. I have three rapid fire questions before we go. Um, okay. These are two that we ask everyone and then one that I picked out personally for you. So rapid fire question number one is what's your favorite vacation spot? Paris. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Yeah. What job would you have if you weren't doing this? FBI agent. Like it. And then I know you're a huge dog lover. What's your favorite dog breed? Oh, it has to be Labrador all the way. I love the big goofy labs. 100%. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for spending your evening with me. And I hope all you Faith Through Visited listeners listen to what Kat had to say and just talk about camp. Um, find out which one's in your area and see what you can do to get involved. Get a group of people together, maybe do a work day. Um, there are a lot of opportunities that you mentioned. So um, I hope our listeners go and um, do that. Thanks a lot, Molly. Thanks for having me. 